Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Welcome back to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm sitting here with Scott once again. And Scott, a lot has changed since the last time we opened up the laptops, put a microphone in front of us and had a chat about the greatest game of all. The Dolphins are a new team into the NRL. We're out of lockdown and living life pretty normally in Sydney. Uh, what a time to be alive, eh? Yeah, I mean, lockdown, how good is that to be finished? And looks like the uh, 2022 season is full steam ahead with capacity crowds allowed. No more, looks like the word lockdown will be banned. That's what Dominic Perrottet, anyway, the Premier said, said that's a ban. That's a word he doesn't want to move into 2022 with. So that sounds exciting. And then the Dolphins are becoming the um, the new NRL team by themselves in yeah. 2023. Absolutely. We'll get into, we've got a lot of news to talk through, Scotty, throughout tonight. We'll also get into our games to watch leading into uh, next season. Uh, the Dolphins don't feature on that. They're not in that until the year after, of course. But before we touch on the news, and I know the first topic is something that might take up most of the episode, uh, what's your quick opinion on the name The Dolphins? Interesting one. Interesting one. Um, they obviously being the Redcliffe Dolphins in the Queensland Cup, and uh, they've now changed to the Dolphins to represent more area. I'm not a marketing guru by any stretch of the imagination. However, um, if they if that if it does work, um, I don't know. Like I've we've tried the Bulldogs before, mm. only years ago, and we changed back to Canterbury Bankstown. It go I, past uh, goes to show. Um, teams being linked with an area or area slash location. So if it was Redcliffe slash Moreton Bay, like a extended area of Queensland could have been. However, the Dolphins are starting brand new. They're not a team that's ditched their name in the NRL. They're a team that's going to enter the NRL with the Dolphins. So if it's going to work, I would imagine it would work with the Dolphins first um, because they're not entering as Redcliffe and then ditching the name like two, three seasons in. They've gone uh, from the get-go. That's right. And look, at first I was a bit shocked. At first I was expecting, fully expecting the Morton Bay Dolphins, but um, they're representing more than just Morton Bay, aren't they? They're representing North Brisbane and also up to Rockhampton in regional Queensland. So it kind of makes sense. And after I had some time to digest the information, I thought in the long run, they could always go back to being called the Morton Bay Dolphins if the Dolphins marketing doesn't work out, but it would be really hard to start off as the Morton Bay Dolphins and go to just the Dolphins. A lot of people mm. would be complaining that they're losing their team. But that's enough about other NRL teams, and that's the first time we've got to say that about the Dolphins. Let's jump into some Bulldog news since the last time we recorded one of these. I want to start with something that you're very passionate about and I'm very passionate about. And <laughs> the reason uh, I think every every listener knows where we're going, whoever listens weekly, um, the show throughout the season because I must say you've mentioned this quite a few times and you've mentioned it about 72 times yeah yeah and that was only in episode one this year um <laughs> the Bulldogs are back in New South Cup the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs after a season out with the partnership with the Mounties uh yep. Phil Gould's come in by the looks of it and said no more they're back in next year he we've got to have our own team he said no 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 and the Bulldogs are back in the New South Wales Cup. How good. Uh, as a fan, I think you just got to thank uh, John Curry and um, Aaron Warburton and Phil Gould for making that decision. It would have been a hard decision to make with the fact that there's still a year to go on the Bulldogs' 
Mounties uh, agreement, feeder agreement, which will now see the Bulldogs have two New South Wales Cup teams next year, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs and the Mounties. Um, would have been an easier decision would have been to wait the 12 months and go the year after, but mm. they've, they've done it straight away. So on behalf of, I'm going to say, the majority of Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs fans, to those three men mentioned by myself just a second ago, thank you. The interesting thing would be with this Mounties partnership, we spoke about this before, when you do a partnership with uh, uh, another team, like you look at the Cronulla Sharks, Newtown Jets, very much yep. Newtown team, right? It was a Newtown team of Sharks players playing. That, well, to me anyway, you've got the Newtown coach, New, Newtown have their own socials and like promoting mm. it and all that. When the Bulldogs come in and say, oh, Mick Potter's going to be our head coach for yep. the Mounties, it's very interesting how that partnership worked. Uh, I don't know if that means Mick Potter goes across to New South Cup Bulldogs coach. I don't know if there'll be you have to apply for the job or if he's or if he's still linked with the Mounties, if he signed a two year deal with the Mounties or if there's any way he could get out of that to coach New South Cup. Um the two teams, my understanding would be uh the Bulldogs would be like the A team, I guess, if you'd use the old school term A team and B team. But the one thing I do like about this for this one season anyway, it brings an extra team in New South Cup, which is something that, you know, it's a bit bit small. But it also, if a player is, you know, starts the year at Canterbury and, you know, unfortunately gets, you know, a few injuries at the start of the year or whatever, or the Bulldogs, uh, he's playing New South Cup for the Bulldogs and then a few NRL players start to return or even New South Cup quality Bulldogs players start to return from injury. Instead of dropping down to Ron Massey, mm. he actually gets dropped down to the same competition. It will be mentally tough, especially if the Bulldogs are going really well and the Mounties aren't going well and you get dropped yeah. into the Mounties. Mm-hmm. Um, however, playing the same competition, given the same opportunity of being on TV. Uh, you know, you're going to catch more uh, recruiters' attention in New South Cup than you are going to be catching the attention at Rod, uh, on Rod Massey Cup. So for the players' point of view, I think it's exciting, especially for those players who have only contracted the Bulldogs New South Cup. They've got, like, those two opportunities. And we always talk about, um, I don't know if you've listened to Darcy McDonald recently um, saying there's plenty of talent in New South Cup. Well, it's given oh, them a chance absolutely. to... Uh, giving them a chance to have two teams. So if you're playing for the Bulldogs and you haven't played too well in the first opening month or whatever, you've got a second bite at the cherry, I guess, to keep the New South Cup's spot. Yeah, interesting points. Uh, it will be, luckily, it's only one year, go, one year because you probably don't expect that sort of structure to work successfully. Probably the last time um, this happened, we spoke about this a little bit before we hit record, was when... Slightly different set of circumstances, uh, but Belmain and Western Suburbs both had New South Wales Cup teams leading into the West Tigers, and you had Belmain as the A side, as you would put it, and West as the B side, um, and that didn't work out at all as well. Um, well. Very, very much not so for Western Suburbs. It'll be interesting to see what happens in 2023. It has been flagged uh, by the Daily Telegraph that. The Bulldogs are committed to having their own side in 2023 and going forward, uh, which would then leave the Mounties without a partnership deal in the New South Wales Cup for that season. Hopefully, they might be able to get the funds together and go alone. Mm. And perhaps we could see teams like Wentworthal and a few others join as standalone sides. Um, I like to see the the um, the NRL New South Wales based teams have an actual Reserve grade team in, in the New South Cup. Uh, and then I reckon add, add to more around that if you can. I'd love to see the Bears and the Roosters in some sort of capacity. Um, 
as well, just spitballing here. I guess the other comparison, Scotty, could be, I don't know if many people listening to this podcast will remember, but in the 90s, in the cricket, there was um, there was an issue and they had a Tri-Nations that involved Australia, another country, and Australia A, and Australia and Australia A got to the uh, final of that competition to play against each other. Australia A could have beat Australia to win the um, the trophy on that occasion. It would be interesting to see if the B side <laughs> gets out on top of the A side, whether that's in a match or on a ladder. Mm, no, yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, you know, a lot of pressure on the A side. Um, the B side, nothing to lose when they're versing, yeah. going head to head against each other. The B side, you know, not not good enough to be in that bulldog strip. And then if they win, <sighs> could call the players and the coaching staff of the Bulldogs, New South Cup side. Could be a really dour game, actually. Those two going up against each other, they'll know each other's defensive strategies. They should be able to read the plays, should be able to hear the plays, mm, yeah. <laughs> shut it down, which is not always boring, as um, Mitch Brown told us about a certain semi-final game uh, between the Bulldogs and Manly. But at that level, if there's a few injuries, if both sides aren't going well, it could be quite a dour game. But I think overall, we're very happy to see the Blood Whites back in the Miss Wales Cup. We've been very successful at that level, so... Let's hope it continues. Well, let's go to, um, I suppose, more exciting news. Um, have the Bulldogs got a new, uh, a new hooker for 2023? Uh, a Chinese mill of Reed Marnie? Um, mm. I mean, the Chinese mill looks exciting. Um, no, but snaps. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't uh, Trent Barrett was there. I uh, saw, obviously, Reed, there. The, everyone there having Chinese, enjoying a meal. Um possibly talking about signing for 2023. He comes off contract. If you look at, uh, I don't know if many people have looked at the Eels. Eels have got a, a big contingent of their um, their players seem to come off contract all at once. Uh, I think Clint yeah. Gufferson and Reid, um, you know, are probably the headline players. Uh, they've already signed Regan Campbell-Gillard for people who are interested. So they've already locked in one player who's coming off contract already. Um they're meant to be in talks with Clint Gufferson. So, you know, someone you, you think someone's got to have to leave. Eventually, if they're all asking for pay rises at Para, mm. someone's, something's got to break. And there's it, um, and for them, I think they, I don't know, I think it could be a really good uh, pickup for the Bulldogs. And um, Para should achieve something before they start asking for pay rises. Um, anyway, it's <laughs> a different topic. Um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a little bit exciting. He's been touted as a future Origin player. Um, he hasn't quite got to that level yet. I don't know how I feel about Reed Marnie, to be completely honest, because I really hate Parramatta watching them lately, so that might skewer my um, thought process a little bit. Uh, look, it's a bit of a throwback, isn't it, to the, the Bullfrog days, doing a deal at Chinese restaurant, um, or speaking about a deal at a Chinese restaurant. Look, it's exciting to see. I thought, um, you know, it's good to know that uh, the dogs are in, in the market for, for him as a player, uh, looking to strengthen up that hookering role, which we've talked about before. Uh, personally, I'm disappointed that Phil Gould's come out and said that we won't be going after Brandon Smith. It's not going to happen. Uh, um, so that would be my first preference. Uh, but the fact that I also think that the Instagram videos and the tweets, yes, they were a little bit over the top as well. Lots of players go see other teams' training venues. Lots of players go have a meal with the people who are trying to woo them. Uh, Reed has said he'd give an answer in two weeks, um, but he's going to take that deal back to the Eels 
and see what the Eels come back with. So in that situation, I think hold your horses, uh, Bulldog slash Reed Marty fans. Um, long way to go before um, he's potentially a Bulldog. Mm. But um, we've seen it plenty of times before. Going back to the Eels with what the Bulldogs are offering, uh, it could be at the end of the day just a negotiation power strategy from his side, from his players, agents, and um, himself. So, Two two things. Um, mm. Is it possible that Trent Bowden and Reed Money are good friends and Phil Gill and everyone else who was at the Chinese? <laughs> That'd be, that's that's <laughs> one heck of a coincidence. Eh? It, or they all happen to just they, bump they into just each other. Walk, they just all walked in, yeah. Uh, but they, they did a tour of the Belmore training facilities before. Good friends could, you know, pull some strings, I guess. No, I'm joking. Um, If Reed was to sign, if he comes, say, in the next two, three weeks, he puts Mm. uh, pen to paper, becomes very similar to a Matt Burton situation. Could we see something similar where articles would be saying, let him go now because he's committed to a long-term deal? There's early reports saying the Bulldogs are offering, at the moment, the Bulldogs' first offer was 200000 more a season and an extra year on Mm. contract... uh, I mean, it's just, I know it's very hard. Would not, it would have been interesting to actually be at the actual Chinese restaurant on the table. If yeah. I was a waiter that night, I'd just be standing hovering around that table <laughs> trying to see what they were talking about. But there were early reports say four years the Bulldogs are offered to Parramatta's three, 650,000 from the Bulldogs to Parramatta's 450,000. Yeah. Um, if he was to sign, I, I think personally it's a good signing. I think he's a talented player. He actually used to play for the Bulldogs and the juniors um, coming yeah, out. Junior. And he left yeah. about the flag level, I believe, on top of my memory, uh, to Parramatta. Um, so um, it'd be interesting to see if that plays a part. You know, Bulldogs let him go before. I wonder, if the, you know, if that plays a part or if it was just opportunity at the time that he thought was better at Parramatta. Um, and number two, yeah, we'll, we'll, it could be a disruptive season for Paramount next year, similar to like the Matt Burton, like like I said, the Matt Burton situation. Matt Burton all year was just well, like, let him go, let him go, especially when he started in Cup. Yeah, well, anything's possible. And I tell you what, it worked out well for the pair because they won a premiership. So <laughs> there you go. Well, um, we're talking about Parramatta here. Yeah, we are. And the thing is that it's not just Reed Marty with Parramatta, and we won't get into it too deeply, but they've got half their bloody squad that's now uh, free agents or to discuss for 2023 going forward. So I think it's going to be a disrupted season going forward for Parramatta regardless of that. Um, I think Penrith have um, made that uh, precedent move of not letting Burton go. So I think Parramatta probably have a leg to stand on holding him to that to mm. that year. I think it would make it easier. But anything can happen. We'll see what happens. Uh, he's definitely a better hooker than I think anyone that we have at the club currently right now. So I think he walks into that number nine jersey if he does sign. Uh, and I'll tell you what, if he does sign, um, I'm way more interested in Parramatta games next year. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> before we go into some negative news, I just uh, reminded the Bulldogs, our fans, majority of the playing squad is back and they're the first team to return back to training uh, for the uh, 2022 campaign. Uh, there's yeah. a few players obviously not there. Matt Burton does come in the 1st of December. Uh, so that'd be exciting to see him don on the blue and white gear. Um, mm. which is, so you know, they should be coming back first. They've got the wooden spoon. Yes, <laughs> like you just—it sounds like you're reading it uh, off the article I was reading on. Oh, so they should be. That's, I can't um, see but, what you're looking at. Uh, Josh um, Adokar, who hasn't been at training but has been 
very, very early to jump put on the Bulldogs gear before the November, uh, the shirts and stuff. He's been out in the community doing some community engagement. It's almost uh, his positive uh, news. I don't know if you saw a, a post by the Bulldogs on LinkedIn, uh, Josh Adokar being the most uh, talked about uh, thing or off-season uh, when they posted a photo of him in the Bulldogs gear. Um the most most tweet responses, most Facebook likes, most Instagram likes, most comments, most everything. Um, and now he's just going on about doing some community engagement work. Um, so even when he's probably got given an extra couple of weeks to rest because of his uh, season at Melbourne, uh, he's working hard and um, becoming, uh, you know, becoming an important figure in the Bulldogs gear already without even putting his uh, boots on on the training field yet. Yeah, but even Josh said that he'll be judged for what he does on the field. So, no, oh, I was just trying to talk up some, you know, <laughs> some community work. It's good to no, see. Like, well, you it's, know, it's good to see him out there proudly in the colours and proudly become a part of the community. Absolutely. I mean, with COVID as well. I mean, I'm not. He's not going to be. I'm sure. You know, multiple Bulldogs players have always. Bulldogs have always been a good club when it comes to community engagement efforts with local schools and stuff. And we've seen it before COVID. Both. Uh, both times, I suppose, the first uh, wave of COVID before I came to Australia, up the North Coast doing all that community work. And then, um, I mean, excluding Ockhamboy and Corey Harry now. Um, and then you saw the Bulldogs go to schools in the Belmore area as the uh, the wave of the, the, I suppose, the Delta strain uh, became, uh, came out of hand in New South Wales. So it's actually just good to see players again with the opening of New South Wales being able to do some community work. Community engagement. Is that what yeah. the kids are calling it these days? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving, moving a few on. Um, now, it's, so, been a, the, the news for the Bulldogs in the last couple of weeks was uh, Luke Thompson mm. uh, was not wanting the COVID-19 jab. And now, uh, this one becomes a little bit interesting. He, apparently, he's uh, already backflipped on that and received his first yeah. dose. Uh, on that, but it becomes interesting for him because Paul, uh, I suppose Paul Luke Thompson, I'm in the view of, you know, you, you choose your own medical thing, and if it's he, his advice is whatever he's getting, and he wants to make his decision on that, he's a grown man, he can make his own mind up. It's not for anyone to tell him or what not to do. But the fascinating thing is he's an English Englishman who's playing NRL, and to come to Australia moving forward, you need to have both doses of the COVID-19. Yeah. Um, so which could have mean he could have actually been kicked out if no. he didn't comply to go back to England because he's working in Australia. Yeah, no, I don't think that could have happened. Um, but, look, it's looking very likely, well, it is, to, to fulfil your contract in the NRL, even though it's not mandatory to be vaccinated as an NRL player, but to fulfil your contract in the NRL going forward after the laws that have been passed by, in particular, the Queensland and Victorian governments, you need to be double-vaxxed. And that's yeah. just the hard facts of it. Uh, so it's good to see that Luke Thompson has uh, decided to go get vaccinated, um, and meaning that he should be available now after he gets his second dose uh, to train with the team, um, enter stadiums, and obviously fulfil his contract. So that's good news for the Bulldogs moving forward. And I know that you're going to get on to uh, John Asiata, who doesn't want to make a big deal about it, uh, but... Uh, at the moment does not want the vaccine because his family have had reactions to previous vaccines in the past. Now, is for these two, like so personally, myself, just for these two, or anyone, any NRL player, because there's more than these two in the NRL uh, who 
either don't want to get vaccinated. Like Jason Tamalala is probably the biggest one who said he doesn't want it. Um, so that'll be interesting how these ones play out when it's moving forward. Like you said, in Queensland, he might not even be able to play a home game, Jason Tamalala. He might have better chance of playing all the away games for the Cowboys next year if he chooses not to get vaccinated. Um, mm. But I don't know. I think with Luke Thompson, it becomes a bit more difficult because he's not an Australian citizen. Um, with his situation um, at all. But John Asiato, who's born here, who's an Australian citizen and all that, I I don't like the laws passed by Queensland to say you have to be double vaccinated to play. You should be able to freely travel around your country with, with ease. New South Wales has put a date um, scrapping when double vaccinated matters or not. They put it in mid-December, saying after that it doesn't matter anymore. Um, and you shouldn't be – you're always welcome. They say you're always welcome in your country, in any part of your country. Um, or yeah, well, they're not, they're not restricting anyone travelling around the place at this stage. They're restricting people gathering in major areas where um, it could be seen as spreading events. Uh, and it's happened at the Melbourne Cup. I've recently found out today that that's become a super spreader in Victoria even though it was a reduced crowd. Um, so Doesn't you have think, to be double vaccinated to be there? Yeah, I don't know. But that, that's become a super spreader. So I guess, you know, you've got to protect protect the masses and they've made it... Uh, it's not so much moving around the country or it's not so much being banned of playing the game. You can still play the game as long as the game's not played in the stadium. The, the can't go into the stadium. So In Queensland? In Victoria. Oh yeah, well, no, but in but New South Wales would be... If he continues this stance and he, the Bulldogs allow him to still be contracted in the top 30... Which, yeah, which won't happen. I'm, no, I'm just saying if he would be allowed to play every game based in New South Wales because the, the check-ins and double vaccinated check-ins won't matter after December 15th. It's gone. It's post-COVID, no more COVID mm. stuff anymore. Um, I think, you know, if, if majority of the countries hit 80%, I don't think... John Asiata should be forced to take it, it or to be not. Need 95% for herd immunity. Um, Which is, yeah. it's, it's been moved from 80 to 90 to 90 to 95. Yeah, it, was, it was always 90 so, for uh, the unvaccinated. It's been moved to 95 to encourage more vaccinations because it stopped. Uh, the, yeah. the rates slowed down because of um, they announced the you don't need it anymore. Um, yeah, all good. But like at the end of the day, if you can't fulfill your full contract, you can't do your job and you're not going to have a job. So uh, NRL players are no different to uh, anyone else working in any other field for mine. Mm. Just the but way I, the world is. I don't mind. I, I mean, personally, I don't mind, but if it's going to get to a situation where you can't play in Queensland or Victoria and you look at a draw or New where Zealand. we start... Uh, yeah, but I don't bank on New Zealand opening, even though there's some games already scheduled there for next year. Um but you look at the start of the draw, we go to Queensland. We're already in Queensland round one, and that rules him out of the first yeah. game for next and, year. And there's news, news breaking today that the NRL clubs are working with the Rugby League Players Association to put in some sort of protocol where any unvaccinated players can be sacked. And it's, got the, uh, it's already got the approval of uh, some clubs, uh, up to about six, I think I read earlier today. So watch that space, I guess. Interesting times because there's quite a few, uh, I suppose, other team stars, I suppose, uh, who yeah. still haven't been vaccinated and have said that. Also, also Abdo's come out and said the NRL players are 95% vaccinated anyway. 
Yes, I think so, Cronulla Sharks are leading the way, by the way. Yeah, they're 100%. Mm. Moving on. Yeah, so the draw uh, came out this week uh, for 2022 in the NRLW uh, for their, I suppose, 2021 season, what's going to be played in 2022 because of COVID. Um, interesting interesting draw. We've highlighted a few games, but initially, uh, before we go into our highlighted games and games to look forward to, top five and five home games or whatever, whatever, um, Sunday night, exclusively, <laughs> exclusively Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, 6.15 p.m. Yeah, Bulldogs versus someone. First five rounds, we're playing five Sunday games and four of them are 6.15 games from memory. Uh, that's right. I, I, I even tweeted this week saying from now on the 6.15 p.m. NRL game will now be known as the Bulldogs game. Yeah, that's where uh, I actually stole that uh, exclusively. Uh, <laughs> on, I did. I was reading. I read that after the draw uh, announcement. Tell you what, uh, the, the missus is not going to be happy. She hates Sunday games. Sunday night. Just Sunday. Or just Sunday. Just Sunday. You're going to wait the whole weekend to watch your team play. Yeah, that's what was the next point. Is round one's going to come? Everyone's going to be excited. You got your games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we have to round out the game. Uh, round out the round three times in a row. We can't even get like you know a Sunday two o'clock game. Or a Sunday four o'clock where we're a little bit earlier until um, until what round four against Melbourne. Um, also, the other thing what stands out is the Bulldogs. You go, you go. Oh, you got Cowboys round one, and the way the Cowboys mm. played last year, and the way they've kind of recruited. Um, you'd like to imagine it knock on wood, no injuries and stuff like that. That both teams go full strength. You'd imagine the Bulldogs side is probably better um, than what the Cowboys will dish out. You'd give the Bulldogs a really strong start against the Cowboys. Um, if they go in full strength, then your Bulldogs versus the Broncos, and you're thinking, you know what? We could go two and zero to start the season, and then bang, there comes the top four from last year, just back to back to back. So it it, yeah. it, it hard to know. So the Bulldogs, I don't know, get put under a lot of pressure now in, to win those first two games because they become very winnable, and you start to circle on ones we should be winning, and well, you probably say we should beat the Cowboys in North Queensland. They become. They become critical to the year. Don't yeah. know if they become more winnable just because of who we played afterwards, but they become critical to the year. And we play the Broncos in round seven as well. So round two and round seven. Uh, so if we just beat the Queensland teams in the first seven weeks, uh, we should be on six points. So. <laughs> but you would <laughs> imagine... I'm just saying, you'd imagine the Bulldogs, the way the, the draw... I mean, you know, who knows? We've got a much better side and we could knock off one of those bigger sides like... I look at Souths, for example, and I think Souths have dropped quite a, a lot of talent uh, from the grand final to this year. I feel like they're going to be one of the teams that drop. Um, but you'd start to think the Bulldogs yeah. need to go 2-0 the, the first two rounds. They've got to go win-win. The other and... thing is we're coming from a low base as well. And those teams that are going to, those top four teams, I'm sure some of them will drop. But the thing is um, normally those teams drop in the later half of the season, halfway mm. through in the later half, mm. not, not the first opening rounds. I did see a funny thing on social media that made me laugh. Somebody said something along the lines of the NRL wants uh, Trent Barrett sacked, giving us top four <laughs> opponents in the first six weeks, uh, given the stories that Barrett's got eight weeks to prove himself. <laughs> mm. so four almost, or not, we won't say guaranteed, but you know, worst case scenario, four losses. Um, could be heavy losses as well, worst case scenario. Could see the end of Barrett after after six weeks, really. Yeah, what? Okay, if we put the 
team. Like, um, oh, it's, it's very hard to tell because you never know. There's always going to be a shock team. And one mm. of those shock teams could be the Cowboys. The Cowboys haven't recruited massively uh, for this the 2022 season. They haven't gone mm. out there and signed a real star. Like Chad Townsend's their leading like recruit for next season. But 2022 comes and Cowboys become the, the shock team. They make the top eight and comes, they end up coming fifth or sixth or something on the ladder, right? The Bulldogs lose that game. I start to feel like with that eight-week thing that Trent Barrett's been given, reportedly, reportedly yeah. I should say, is that will start the rumbles if we lose against the Cowboys because the Cowboys squad, mm. fair play, does not look that strong. And it doesn't look stronger than what it does this year and they have didn't finish too well. So, I mean, in saying that, they could, like, you know, there's always that, like I said, the shock team. So if the Bulldogs do lose round one, Mm. Do you expect to see these articles that, you know, with the next couple uh, of games? To, I expect to see them almost regardless of what happens in the first two weeks, to be honest. Okay. I'll just, um, yeah. Unless if the Dogs beat the Cowboys, beat the Broncos, and then win round three, and all of a sudden, he's, no matter what happens after that for the next three weeks, he's probably saved, <laughs> saved his job <laughs> if the eight weeks thing is correct, uh, especially if we're in the other games going forward but before you steal all my points uh for my top five games um let's go into that okay yeah okay you all right i'll start off yep so i've um i've got a bit of a mixed bag for my what are we calling these games not to miss can't yeah. miss games and <laughs> next year matt's top right. five yeah all right let's go i've actually got round one against the cowboys um because it's round one mostly <laughs> i knew you were going to go round one start of yeah, it's the start of the year. Um, you know, the anticipation for that game once it comes around. I know we'll have trials footy between then. I know there's the NRLW before then, although we don't have a team. Um, so the, after watching all those NRLW games, all the NRL games, we finally get to Sunday nights. The Cowboys and the Bulldogs are getting excited already for the football to be back. Uh, and it's obviously the other things is... Um, you know, it's the first competitive game that our signings are going to play in. Whether you're looking forward to Burton or Adokar or Dufty or Vaughan or Penguin, whichever one you're looking forward to the most, they'll see them all together, uh, injury allowing, in round one, um, in the start start the journey, I guess, of gelling them together as a team. So that's going to be incredibly exciting. And it could possibly be ex Cronella halfback versus ex Cronella halfback. Interesting. If that main line, if that headlines the uh, that game, that's ridiculous. But well, they're coming from a low base. <laughs> but fair geez. enough. Fair so enough. There you go. Um, do you want to comment on that, or have any challenges to that one, or should I keep going? Uh, well, the only thing to comment is I knew you were going to pick round one. You did it last year, and that's a fair pick because round one is, like you said, the start of the season. It's uh, when everything begins. And yeah, it's trial football. I, if they Bulldogs do play a game in New South Wales somewhere, I'll probably go there. But there's something, you know, obviously trial football is great. That's mm. how good footy is. But this is, you know, the next level. This is this wow. is what you this is what you prepare for for all the off season, and this is where you're following all the news on social media and trying to get everything. So yeah, round one, there's nothing better. Maybe trial footy should be the top five because next year with the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs New South Wales Cup and the Mounties. <laughs> it's going to be a wild time in the trial football players yeah. switching jerseys all over the place I'd imagine okay my second game might be a bit of a shock it's round two 
<laughs> up against the Broncos. I promise you it's not just the first five rounds. Round two up against the Broncos. First home game back in New South Wales for a long, long time. Um, first game that we'll be able to be there in person, unless if we decide to um, have a quick trip up to Townsville. Uh, spare of the moment, start next year. Um but to be back at the football, how good is that going to be? The Broncos are a team. You've mentioned it. We're going to be in that game. We should be in that game. Um, we could go two, two from two. We could be one from two as well. But we could go two from two. And uh, could you imagine six, or not so much, 6.15, 8.15 on Sunday in round two, we're standing there in, at Stadium Australia clapping the boys off after two from two wins. First How place exciting. on the ladder. Equal first on the ladder. Yeah, I could be exciting. Absolutely. And the headline for that one will obviously be ex Cronulla halfback versus ex South Sydney halfback. <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. Oh, really joking. But it does. It could have been a Cronulla halfback, Adam Reynolds. There were big <laughs> links. It does bring me to my third game, which is actually in round six against the Bunnies, which will be the Easter game. How good is the Easter game? Um, Easter show will be on. Uh, go down there, spend the morning there, and come across a uh, 100-metre walk to Stadium Australia. And it's become an event, hasn't it? South City versus the Bulldogs, Good Friday. How good? Don't know how long it's going to go going forward. There's talks that South may move back to the uh, SFS once that's uh, once they deal with Stadium Australia. It's done at the end of next year. If they do, I hope that they keep... Either the Bulldogs end up with home games every Good Friday against South, and South fans can come in, or... Souths play at least one game a year against us uh, or one game every two years against us at Stadium Australia for that Easter game because it's become such an event. It's like an Anzac game. It's a Queen's birthday game. Um, the two clubs have done fantastic in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so to build that game up. And you're right, it's round six. Souths might be dropping by then. They'll have a new halfback. Um, I'm pretty sure is Latrell back then. Well, I don't don't know. I don't think he's back till later. Um, I think he's back. Or the week the before, is I think he's back in like round three or something this oh, year. Oh, well, there you go, Latrell's back. But um, that's not neither here or there. But buddies, dogs, Good Friday. How good? No, I just want to add to that Good Friday. I've been someone who's worked at the Easter Show, uh, who still gets to the game by the way. Does the morning shift? The Easter Show uh, goes crazy. If you ever get there, like you said, early in the morning, go to the show. Go on the rides, go see the animals, then go watch the NRL. Or you get to the NRL first and then you spend your night and finish your night at the Easter show with the fireworks. It's whatever way you want to do it. It's a full day out for not just the family, anyone really. It's yeah. everyone can enjoy the Easter show and the NRL at the same time. It's like the two great things put into one place. Just and I've just I've just realized God, that's our first game that's not on a Sunday, so how can you leave it off the list? <laughs> Games not to miss enough. in uh, in the next season. Uh, my fourth choice um, may be a bit of left field because uh, of a few things you can pick up in a moment, but it's actually against the Warriors in round 22 at Mount Smart Stadium. Now, it's not the first game scheduled at Mount Smart Stadium for next year, but it's the first time the Bulldogs will be playing overseas in a number of years. Uh, and I think it might be the second game at Mount Smart, uh, if not the third. I'm pretty sure it is the second, but um, we were sp supposed to go over there this year and being the first club to go back there with them for them to host a game. So they've got five games scheduled for next year. Hopefully they all happen, and hopefully they're all bumper crowds. Hopefully it's a great occasion and to see the Bulldogs run out in uh, New Zealand. Um, I think 
that's why it's on my list. I think just because of that fantastic stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And then moving on. Yep. Game five for me, not to miss. It's in round 23. It's a away game. It's at Combank Stadium against the Parramatta Eels. Who knows what's the what's the uh, landscape going to be of the NRL by round 23 next year? But it's um it's the run into the finals. It's the old rivalry. It's at a great stadium. Um, we play well against Para, regardless of where we are in the ladder, as they do to us. I think that will be a great game. Para might be on their way down. We might be on the way up. That game might catapult us towards the top eight. I'm hoping that next year we're going to be in the run for the finals. I'm not saying we, we necessarily need to make it to be a successful year, but if by round 22, 23 was still a chance, I think most Bulldogs fans will take that at this stage. Yep, no, 100%. Can agree with that. Alrighty. And just so anyone listening to this knows, I did ask Scott for his top five, but he's gone and done two top fives, which is okay. Uh, but we'll start off, Scotty, with your top five overall. Yes, games. my top five overall. I like. I don't know why. I like to pick the top five games you can't miss. So if you buy a five-game membership and you're picking your games, that's what I'm there to help for. <laughs> Sound good? That's, okay. Sweet. So my top five games, I knew you were going to go round one. Um, and I actually thought you'd go round two, uh, just because you know first time game. So I've decided to go away from those games and go round five. Uh, the Bulldogs versus the Panthers at Combank Stadium on the 10th of April, Sunday night at 6:15 p.m. Uh, reason why I think it's pretty obvious: Matt Burton, Brent Naden. You can even add Tavita Pengo Jr. if you want to the short stint at Penrith. Uh, then you even add the likes of you know Trent Barrett, Jack Everington, you know who have been in the Bulldogs a little bit longer. First thing, the Penrith Panthers, I think it's, you know, the storyline pretty much writes itself. I think if the Bulldogs can be yeah. two wins in that point, I think, you know, it could be a pretty decent crowd considering for a Sunday night game. Uh, and I think there could be a rivalry between Bulldogs and Panthers could take off. The way, yeah. uh, you know, even I know this player, Dallin Martinez-Lesnick, doesn't play for the Bulldogs anymore, but, you know, coming across and it's almost like the start of a couple of Panthers players jumping yeah. To Canterbury, so I went with that in the storyline. I also I went with Brown. Sorry, before you move on, I think that's a that's a game that was going to be um, almost made my shortlist uh, for obvious reasons. I think it's a game that the media are going to pump up the biggest. Um, mm. Daily Telegraph wanted that to be round one, so <laughs> yeah, there's so much so they leaked it and was just hoping that the NRL would listen. I think that I don't know what the goal <laughs> was. That I went with round six, Good Friday. You mentioned all the points before. Yeah, Good Friday. It's public holiday. It's football on a public holiday. It's 4 p.m. kickoff, so it's you got you like it's got the Sunday afternoon when everyone talks about the dry track Sunday afternoon. So if it's sunny and dry, you've got the dry track, and you can either spend the day at the Easter show or the night at the Easter show and have the football, either the your main event or before. Um, always good. I'll even mm-hmm. even highlight, even though we lost 38 in Hill this year, uh, Good Friday, we did play a good 25 minutes or so. We we're up there until we made that error. Um, so. We always seem to lift. That's my point. Even if we might not be, if we might not be at Rabbitohs level, I think we always push Rabbitohs in that game more than any other game. So um, I've gone with round ten. We we actually play another home game at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, Peter Villandis, Andrew Abdo. We've got to give us an away game, please, at Magic Ground. We always seem not to yet, host. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, let's keep hosting it while we're coming from our low base. Once we start getting that momentum, once we start building into that force. That's when we'll have away games at Magic Round, and that's when we'll get um, boost the crowds in Sydney once that starts moving. But right now, I'm actually supportive of us hosting Magic Round at this stage. Okay. So we've got, uh, we've got, 
Sorry, we just got to host the Knights again. So we host them year one at Magic oh. Round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, we just host the Knights again. The reason I put Magic Round, I've actually never been to a Magic Round. Well, but... it's only been two. Don't be so harsh. Okay, thank you. Thanks for... <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, never been to a Magic Round, but just watching it on Fox League. Yeah. Okay. Just the, the vibe around the ground. It ref definitely comes across um, to the viewers at home. If it's the uh, day one, day two, day three, doesn't matter what day you play. It yeah. comes across. It looks like we'll be kicking it off um, Friday, 6 p.m. Um, so uh, that's usually a good, you know, 20, 25,000 people who are probably already there around that 6 o'clock mark. So yeah. it's going to be a decent crowd. Um, Magic Round, like I said. And I think this is the year we turn to our first win at Suncorp at Magic Round. Um, so I put that challenge out there. Yeah. Um, my other game, I picked a, a shock one, which is the Friday, the 20th, uh, which is round 11, only a week later. We versus the West Tigers at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, yeah, I, I thought about this one myself, yeah. Surprisingly, we've never actually played them there. Uh, we had to go back to Belmain to yeah. play at Leichhardt. So, really? There we go. So we've, we've never actually... We, if we do play the West Tigers, it's usually at the biggest stadiums or Campbelltown. I wonder if that's got something to do with um, the southwest of Western Suburb, Magpies and the Bulldogs, both fighting over Liverpool. Uh, a little while ago, so maybe that's got something to do with it. Mm, so I just thought, just for the weird value, because you, you know, usually do we mm. play it? Cause they could have taken us to Combing Stadium, where both teams use it. Could have done replica membership rights. Uh, the yeah. West Tigers have used Stadium Australia last year for one of their home games. They could have even tried that again with the Bulldogs, um, or like I said, Campbelltown Sports Ground. I thought were the likely three venues. So Leichhardt took me by surprise. So if you haven't been to Leichhardt Oval before. Um, you know, it might be. I know it's a Friday 6 p.m. game. It's not the easiest to get to. Might be time to go though. Like people love Leichhardt and for different reasons and and all that sort of stuff. But from what I've heard, the facilities are old. Oh, <laughs> they, they are. They're in need of a of a, a revamp, at least toilets and and queues and all that sort of thing. So maybe this might be the game. Uh, maybe it is at Leichhardt because it is a 6 p.m. kickoff. But maybe this might be the game to go if you've never been and you wanted to go because you might be a little bit more comfortable. It's not as cold at 6 p.m. as it is at 8 o'clock. The crowd might be less. The queues might be less. The toilets might be more manageable. There you go. There you go. Positive Matthew looking for the I'm West Tigers marketing. Positively talking down a big crowd. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you got my top five, my rounding up the top five pick. You know, I, like I said early, public holiday football doesn't get any yeah. better. Uh, so we've got Queen's birthday again. However, the opponents changed this year. We're going to verse the Parramatta Eels this time instead of the St. George Illawarra Dragons. So the Eels will take over the Dragons' Queen's birthday game. It'll be interesting to see if it's the Dragons' uh, stadium policy, I guess, um, where they stopped playing games at Same Australia. It was actually a year for year, if people uh, remembered it. For the, at the start of it was Bulldogs home, Dragons home, and then it was just stuck at the Bulldogs because the Dragons moved all their home games away from the bigger stadiums to smaller stadiums. So the Bulldogs, that, and Dragons, the Bulldogs and Dragons were originally intended to share it like Good Friday. Um, however, the Dragons moved away, so the Bulldogs were able to keep the home team. Even when both teams were going pretty poor, they were still pulling around those high teens or low 20,000s. Uh, terrible, terrible decision by Sir George who wanted to give that up. Mm. Why would they give that up? That's silly. Like but it, you could play eleven games at the smaller grounds, but keep 
Oh, 12, 12 games one year and 11 the next. Keep that one game at Stadium Australia for an event. We need more events in rugby league. But the positive, Scotty, and this, I completely missed this, but the positive, <laughs> here I go again today, something, something in my beer tonight, Scotty, making me very positive. Uh, but the Bulldogs-Eels rivalry coming together on a big event day. How good's that? So, yeah, the Bulldogs Eels are taking over that. I mean, it'd be massive. It'd be interesting to see how moving forward, if the Eels get to host the game uh, next Queen's uh, birthday, uh, and become something similar to the South Sydney Rabbitohs Good Friday clash. I think it can be like, you know, you can highlight the Eels already when you we, we play them. You've highlighted them already in a at Combank Stadium. Mm. We play them. So it'd be interesting to see if that's the case or if the Bulldogs host it because they play at Sam Australia or if the Eels are willing to move the one game a year to Sam Australia because you talk about good weather and if you talk about the, if the Bulldogs live um, up to some of the hype, the Eels, you know, they might have stumbled their way into the finals, but then they went um, they went very courageous into the finals. Uh, they did um, their, their faithful very proud Um almost knocking off the Panthers. So um, if both teams can live up to their potential, um, and you talk about good weather, I don't see why 40,000 can't be a realistic crowd figure. Like, oh. all the high 30s. So, go um, higher. Go higher. Yeah. Well, yeah, both going good on a good Monday. Uh, Easter Monday. Um, Queen's birthday be, Monday. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it could be as big as anything. You could be pushing 60 in a couple of years. Yeah, anyway. so it could be something like the Good Friday clash. So that'd be interesting to see if the Bulldogs constantly host it or if the Eels are willing to actually move a game away from Parramatta, just the one game every two years, uh, mm. to Stadium Australia. Um, just, mm. you know, be interesting how that works. But, it, you know, the Dragons, I don't know what the Dragons are thinking. I'd, if I'm the Dragons um, and you start playing well and the Bulldogs play well, there's a, not a you know a good reason that they can't get 40,000 or 50,000 on a yeah. Monday Eva. And even if you're the away team, just your sponsors would love to see, you know, a big crowd and having the St. George mm. Bank and all over their jersey run out in front of a, you know, a massive crowd, uh, massive TV viewers. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, the Dragons all right, lose, so that, I guess. That rounds out your top five? Top five games. And now I decide if you pick the five-game membership. I just, just got to say you picked top five games all coming in the first 14 rounds. The rest of the season not worth watching, Scott's saying. No, not saying that at all. <laughs> Just saying I love my public holiday football more than more than most. All right. You've, you've gone ahead and you've done another five games. So you've done, like you said earlier, if someone's going to buy a five-game flexi membership, I think they're called, yep. these are the games to pick if you're Scott. Yep, I've gone with round two. Or, or sorry, if you listen to this podcast and you agree with Scott a lot of the times, <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> oh, thank you. I don't know if there's many. I think there's a, we have a decent amount of listeners, and I think all the listeners, but I don't think many agree with me much. I think they listen to say, oh, what a dickhead. Um, anyway, um, round two. For both of us. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> but thanks for listening anyway. Round two, uh, I've gone round two, Bulldogs vs. Broncos. You highlighted it. I think first-time game, first uh, in a long, long time playing in Sydney. And, you know, you're paying the picture nicely. Imagine clapping it off. I was going to say clapping off a win at Stadium Australia, but to go 2-0 potentially and start the season like that and clapping about the 8 o'clock mark on a Sunday night, clapping the boys off in a win, uh, be no better feeling to uh, kickstart uh, 2022. So you never miss your first-time game. No matter how you go in round one, if you're playing away, you just never miss your first-time game. It's one of the best things. I've gone with round five, Bulldogs Panthers. So there's a uh, one on there at Combank Stadium, uh, mm-hmm. which is Sunday night. 
the media are going to pump this up. Uh, I think there's going to be a few things said in between. Uh, a few ex uh, Panthers players on our side might say a few things. So I think it'll be exciting. Um, that's a Sunday night. I've gone with the round 12 Bulldogs versus Dragons at Belmore Sports Ground. So the Dragons have got to, have been moved to Belmore. The Bulldogs, this doesn't shock me as much. Uh, the Bulldogs were going to play the West Tigers this year at Belmore. I think it's because the actual crowds at Belmore have been dwindling every year. So since year one, you had the two sellout crowds. It was electric atmosphere. Then the Bulldogs decided to go, okay, we're not, we, we played two, but it was never selling out. So we pull it back to one. Um, and we should be selling it out if we're versing the Titans or the Cowboys or whoever, you know, anyway. in a state team. Um, but recently the Bulldogs just haven't been because of performances. Um, they got the last game they played there, 13,000 was as close as they got to selling it out. Um, this time they've given it, you know, no excuse, I suppose. Uh, they're going to go to the Bulldogs versus Dragons. I think that yeah. will change back to a out of town team if the Bulldogs go successful next year. I think it's it'd be based. interesting. It'd be interesting to see how it goes because there could be a number of things that why the Belmore game hasn't been selling out. Is it the poor performances by the Bulldogs? Is it the out of state teams? Is it perhaps? even though there's a lot of people out there that love Belmore, perhaps they're in the minority and people want the comforts of a stadium Australia or a Combank stadium. Um, people mm. don't want to be on a hill on a cold night or this is an afternoon game, but you, you're getting the picture I'm, I'm painting. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens going forward will give us the answer. We don't have the answers right now because a lot of contributing factors, uh, you could argue one way or the other, but you're right, the crowds have been dropping. Um, I think... Another thing, just off the top of my head, is um, perhaps for away fans, uh, it's easier to get to the bigger stadiums. You used to go to those bigger stadiums. You know where they are. It's easy to get to. Uh, I know Belmore's right next to Belmore train station, but if you're an away fan going to, let's say, an outdated venue, if we in comparison to yeah, well, Combank Stadium so. and Stadium Australia, it might just not be that appealing for an away fan. Even yeah. those even those sellouts in the first year, Cronulla and Melbourne, I don't remember seeing too much Cronulla or Melbourne fans there. There was a few, but it's mostly blue and white parties. Mm. And that's a good point you make too. Even though you say it's next to a train station, if you look at Belmore train station, it's two lines. Two you know, two yeah, most, most people have to catch two different lines. Yeah. But it's no, but it's very tiny as well. Imagine waiting there. Yeah. You could be waiting outside um thing and there's no parking. Like they mm. the Rangers come out and force Can Canterbury Bankstown City Council come out and force that day and will find anyone and anything who has spent a minute yeah. over their time at the the parking. So um you'd have That's... to catch the train, but now we're yeah. talking that one down. But I want to talk about this because <laughs> it's the Dragons, it's another Sydney team, um yeah. a bit of old school, you know. Well, it's a, a, a Wollongong team. Oh yeah, okay. Shots fired, <laughs> shots fired. Uh we do oh, come uh, on. They, they they're based out in Wollongong and they train out of Wollongong. That's a Wollongong based team. They got links to St George, but that's a Wollongong based team, mate. I wonder um, what the Red V podcast they they follow us. We follow them on Twitter. I wonder what you think, Red V podcast. If you want to have a right mate, to reply, that's, uh, that's not, that one. It's not a shot. It's just a matter of fact. They trained down the Wollongong, uh, and they they've been completely based there since uh, Wayne Bennett took over, and got over. He he was the first to go splitting trading bases between um, Wollongong and Cogra half the week here and there, not worth it. 
let's go down the Wollongong and be a Wollongong based team. It works for them. I think it's a good idea. They're out of the spotlight when things are going bad um, and all that sort of stuff. Plus, they've also, you know, St George is one of the biggest brands in rugby league. So once they start going good, all those fans come out of the woodwork in Sydney. So mm, it's not a bad enough. thing. I'm just going to matter of fact, they are based in Wollongong. Fair enough. And the. Up, up the Steelers. The, oh, so the other two games I've highlighted, and I'm yeah. not going to talk about this one too much. Yeah. Despite this Steelers fan over here, uh, <laughs> is the Bulldogs versus Eels 4 p.m. Obviously, Queen's birthday game, public holiday football. This doesn't yeah. get better. Gets possibly, better. possibly 50,000 people if uh, both teams are flying at that mm. uh, that time of the year. Um, and then finally, to finish off uh, your five game membership, if you pick these five games, or these are the five games you can't miss, no matter what's happening. Mm. Uh, if you've got an, a, a family event or a family birthday, you just go, nope, not worth it, or come in later. Whatever it is, is the round 18 game against South Sydney Rabbitohs at Stadium Australia, which is also a Sunday night. Um, game so if you do work early on monday just chuck these get these sick days ready or get these annual annual leave days in um because uh versing south sydney rabbitohs even though it's not the actual you know good friday yeah, game yeah. it yeah. is um it is always good to verse south and one of the highlights is uh, a couple of years ago when we actually did verse them at stadium australia even though it was south's home game where we actually did beat them um, even not not the Good Friday game, we beat them and it actually made Broncos come last. That was a pretty special feeling uh, recently in uh, Bulldogs recent history. So I never like to skip the South game, no matter what. So there you go. Speaking about Souths, I'm just going to throw this in there. It's got a little bit of recommendation. If you've got some spare time in the off-season um, and you like your history, uh, of not just uh, of your own club, but of, of rugby league as a whole, Jump on the South Sydney uh, YouTube channel. I'm sure you can get on the websites, but I'm watching it on YouTube. South Sydney YouTube channel. It's called Tales of Reinstatement. There's been eight parts so far. It's the best NRL documentary I've seen this year. Oh, a tale from Tigerstown. Yep, including that. Get on to it, people. Um, let's hit the social, Scotty, and wrap up the first off-season episode. Yeah, so our Twitter's at NRL Bulldogs fans. So any ideas on shows, guys, by the way, or what you want to hear or what you want to listen, or even if you want to be a fan and focused, uh, reach out. So Twitter, again, sorry, I'll just say that again, is NRL Bulldogs fans. Our Instagram is NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Our Facebook is NRL Bulldogs fans podcast, or you can reach us uh, via our email, nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com. That's how you get in touch. But seriously, guys, if you want any ideas of shows, um, what you guys want to hear, or if you want to actually come on and be a fan and focus, and we, you know, get to know you, hit you up with a few questions about, yeah, you supporting the club and uh, what you're looking forward to the most in the, uh, the next season. Come on the show, have a bit of fun. Uh, we won't bite, and it's a podcast. So if we make we make mistakes often, we can actually pause it. <laughs> <laughs> well. Thanks for listening. If you got this far, hopefully we've provided some sort of bulldog content uh, in what is going to be a long off-season, what already is a long off-season. Thank you, Scotty, for tonight. It's been a blast being back and having some mm. footy chat again. And I'll see you next time, whenever that is. <laughs>